Hello and welcome back to episode 18 of Peaking into Success podcast. Today we have an artist that doesn't just sing and write her songs. She does everything from the marketing to creating the beats all in her bedroom. And with her debut album coming out later this year, and her Why Not performance coming up later in the week, we have MZ. So, hi MZ, how are you today? Hi, um, yeah, I'm, I'm as, as good as you, as you can be. Um, I like the fact that the weather has warmed up a lot now, because um, that's much more my kind of weather than... The just endless winter that we had. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, summer definitely. birds then. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Spring probably is my favourite. Um, and like early summer, um, when it gets, obviously, nobody likes when there's a heat wave. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'd much, but I, I'm definitely one of the, these kind of people who would much prefer it too hot than too cold, I think. A hundred percent, I agree. I mean, yeah. it's a reason to go out to the pub and to the pub gardens <laughs> and go and see, kind of, go on walks and kind of see the what's around instead of being stuck in the house when it's cold and yeah. rainy and everything. So, no, I completely agree with you. Um, there are a lot of people, though, who, who, um, who, who say that they definitely prefer the cold and they're like oh you know when it gets to autumn and everyone's like well not everyone obviously <laughs> but a lot of people a lot of people that I know are like oh it's you know it's coming to Halloween and all of that and I'm like Christmas but I yeah, yeah I just kind of consider those things to be like um I suppose like distractions from the cold <laughs> um, true they've got to do a lot of motivating things don't they in the winter to keep us interested well, yeah. <laughs> bonfire night to try and get you outside in the cold and everything like that yeah. as well where if, if they did it in the summer happily attend every year oh yeah yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> um, so first of all of course I mentioned like your stage name how how was yeah. that created just for the people listening um so I was about um so I'm 29 now and I was about 15 when I came up with that. Okay. So um, it was I basically I'd always kind of because growing up, to be honest, like it's so weird, but I just always knew that that being a musician was what I wanted to do. Um, it was always what I dreamt of, like since I was like since I can remember um and but I always kind of would daydream about you know performing and having a career in music and I'd always kind of think well because my real name is Emma and uh there was already like an artist called Emma and then there was like Emma Bunton and like <laughs> and I was I, I used to love her when I, I was little I used to want to be her basically when I was really little and into Spice Girls and stuff um and I I'd be kind of like no I need my own thing 
um, because I, I suppose, yeah, at that time, I suppose I was like, I don't know if my name sounds that, I don't know, I kind of wanted to keep it separate. And okay. also my name is quite common. So it's like, <laughs> you know, there's, there could be like five me's. Um, and so I needed something that, that, um, and I think a lot of bands go like, oh God, it'd be horrible having to come up with a band name because everything, it's hard enough coming up with an artist name. It's like everything's been taken and you, you want something that, that's going to be Googleable and also it's going to be a username that's going to be available. And so, back then I was kind of like, I want to come up with my own word or like my own name. Um, and um, most of the people that I liked and stuff at that point, I suppose their names like ended in like E, like a, like a Y or an E kind of sound or an A. Um, and I, uh, but I wanted to have something that, that um, also like uh, represented my part of my name because I wanted it to feel like quite authentic. And uh, I suppose also at that time I was, um, I was trying to make people calling me M's with a Z like a thing. <laughs> and they didn't want to make it a thing. <laughs> um, but I was like, I always liked having the letter Z and things. And uh, it was at that time when we were all like on MSN and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, and, and my name would always be like M's with a Z. And, um, you know, my parents sometimes would call me MZ or M's and stuff like that, Emmy. Um, and um, so I wanted something that was like similar to that, but also was kind of, yeah, would also be not a, a word that wasn't taken on it when I was signing up for accounts and things. So Basically, at that time in like 2009, when I googled that, there wasn't anything that came up for it, and that the, there wouldn't be like um, usernames taken for it either. So um, I uh, came up with that at that point, and I didn't actually um, release uh, or post any music or. Um, sort of uh, be a musician under that I, I wasn't a musician under that name until when I was about 19 or 20 um but I had that name and I would make like artwork <laughs> <laughs> just yeah I'd take like pictures of myself and make album covers and stuff and make my own things d just privately yeah, but um, that's that's nice, isn't it? So you kind of had the yeah. inspiration and kind of for a lot yeah. of a lot of people of course in the music industry of course when they change their name, like I feel like they they pick something completely different and how you've picked something that's gives homage to your name 
yeah. is nice because then and kind of as you as you were speaking of course about nicknames that your parents gave you it sounds similar to yeah. that so it's kind of like homely and it's kind of something you've known so like for you it's normal to be called that and that's nice it's not like yeah. having two different completely different names which is nice yeah definitely um it's it's not far away it doesn't it's the strangest thing in a way having a stage name because there's like it's it's like there's a lot of half the people that you know like through music know you as MZ and half and like but your family and friends know you as Emma even though I have a caveat to this is that my brothers both both of them for some reason call me MZ um <laughs> now I don't know why they do but I think it started off as like in an ironic way just like because I suppose they'd be like, ah, you know, it's like pretentious to have a stage name or whatever. Um, because that was one thing, like, when you first, like, debut the stage name, you do kind of feel like a bit, like, who do you think she is kind yeah. of thing. It's really weird. But, yeah, they call me it, like, for real, like, around the house and when they're referencing me and when they're calling me or yeah they call it me all all the time and then but then there was a situation where I was at um I was somewhere where I was kind of like I felt like I was attending this thing as Emma but then someone was like oh we've got MZ here and I'm like that sounds weird actually <laughs> like so some people actually call me M or like so something that's like a hybrid basically so that you know it's both it's 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 a weird thing but it, you you get used to it over time and of course obviously because I've been had that name in my head for so many years um and yeah it's um but it's nice I think I definitely like I feel like you like some people have a really cool name that 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 sounds perfect with their music um but I enjoy having the stage name and it just being one word and and I get to separate that as well uh, and even though I'm the same person I kind of get to be like a bit of a heightened version of myself kind of and <laughs> more of a character way I kind of think about this a bit like probably on stage a little bit but I'm still most of the time singing very personal things but that are about like my real life but um I think it gives you scope to be able to um to, to be able to like go into different genres and maybe do things that are that are, that are more in character and stuff you can you can, there's a lot i find that there's a lot more uh freedom freedom with the stage name but yeah age to their own really <laughs> nice um so of course you touched on a lot there um and of course kind of with the music and kind of you come across as very independent you make all the decisions yourself like even 
for example, the name you've chose, you've chose everything about you, what you do, what you record, what you write, what you produce. Has that always kind of been the goal for you to produce everything or kind of has that come of age? Because, of course, it's, I think that's quite a hard decision to be like, yeah, I'm going to record it, I'm going to write it, I'm going to produce it. The only thing that I believe you don't do is master it that you said. So kind of what, yeah. was, what was your decision behind doing everything your own and being independent? Well... Um, I, swear, I was going to say, like, strap yourself in because it's quite a long story. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, um, so it wasn't, in a way, I would say that it wasn't really by choice. I kind of fell into it, um, into it being this way for, like, several reasons. So when I was uh, younger and I was, like, coming up with that name on MSN, um, <laughs> coming up with MZ and uh, making all those album covers and stuff like that. I mean, I was always, like, I have always, like, experimented with trying to make my own stuff. So even when I didn't have anything really to make it on, you know, I'd be, uh, I think I told this story once on a, on a podcast that they had to remove it because I said the word Nesquik. <laughs> oh, really? Um, but, they, like, when you were a kid, like, I, I don't know if you remember, there used to be, like, a lot more gifts in cereal boxes and stuff, like free <laughs> free gifts, and that yeah. I'm sure that there was once, like, sort of DJ software or, like, music software um, in, in, like, a box of Nesquik. I remember <laughs> stuff with, like, like that, yeah. Space. Yeah, yeah, and... Um, I'd have all of that and I'd be like playing around on that and, uh, and games and stuff and um, I'd always be trying to make my own stuff. I made like my own cassette tapes um, and was always writing, uh, always just trying to do things. Um, but I think when I was dreaming of like the future, I was probably, I always had this like, I think most people who want to be musicians kind of have this like rose tinted idea of, of um, I don't know, like a major label like scooping you up and like saving you and like turning you into a star, especially because I grew up with like Pop Idol and the X Factor and all of those kind of things. And it gave you the impression that you could just be like whisked away and then everyone would do, you know, you just you get to do like the fun stuff <laughs> and um and everybody else would would take care of of most of the rest of it um but i think well i suppose yeah there was always like um a part of me that i had this creative part and because I used to like dance and and I wanted to like act and sing like do the whole shebang, <laughs> um, and I had that side of me. But I also had another side where I thought like my future's going to be as well as that. I'm going to like 
get my like straight A's and my GCSEs and my A levels and I'm going to go off to uni and do all this stuff and like basically in my life kind of changed when I was a teenager um and I uh, got diagnosed with ME um which was a really confusing time um and just a really traumatic time really um and it kind of threw it turned everything on its head uh because suddenly like i had to think about a lot of things i didn't have to think about before um and it was like all of those dreams that i had kind of seemed like i don't know they they've gone like i had to give up dancing i had to I dropped out of school eventually. Um, I, um, it just, you know, normal little things were really difficult for me at that time. So it seemed like I just completely, I still, even then, I was still dreaming of like one day when I'm better, I'm going to go and still be a, a pop star or whatever. Even then, I was just like so deluded. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, and I, I, I kind of, but, but it did change my plans a lot. Um, so really, I lost so much confidence and became very, very anxious about a lot of things. And um, so the idea of actually going into a studio with somebody was terrifying. It wasn't something that I felt like I could do. Um, and neither was like putting my stuff out there on the internet. Like I used to dream of just reaching a place where I would feel okay to put a singing video on the internet. Um, so one thing that I was always able to keep doing was singing because I could sit down and do that, like, <laughs> I could, um, yeah, that was just something that helped me and that, that didn't really tie me out a huge amount, so I could always do that still, and I worked really hard on, like, practising that and making sure I was as good as possible. But I mean... For the um, sorry, with, with, of course, what you said and kind of your story, kind yeah. of... That should be, uh, personally, I think, listening to what I've just heard, is that, of course, yeah. more, like, younger, up-and-coming, like, artists and anyone in the, like, performing industry, of course, they they take, sometimes take a knock, and it, to them, yeah. it could seem sufficient, but in, in your case, you, you took a very big knock to, of course, mentally and physically mm. and, and I mean for a lot of artists is like if they're listening to this they should take note of yeah you you basically had this idea you felt like it all got ripped away from you but as I as I said um mm. you basically do everything on your own and yeah and I mean you didn't even feel comfortable, say, 
um, going into a studio and recording with someone. But now, of course, I know <laughs> I know from what you've got planned for like this year, you're going to be performing in front of loads of people, and and yeah, that that should show is of course this is over. Should we say like a fourteen year period? Am I right? Yeah. 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 Basically, yeah. So and and that shows, yeah, it's not been the quickest road, but that should show to anyone that of course success can be obtained. It's all dependent on the person, and I I give you massive plaudits for that. Is I think that's an amazing thing, and a lot of people should take note of no matter what's going on, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. So, no, big respect for that. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Um, that, that means a lot, really. Um, because, well, I think, well, obviously, you know, I suppose I don't really think about it as, um, I don't know, I suppose like as I was saying I think I've always had this attitude of like why can't why why not me like why why can't I do that no matter what I've been going through I don't think I've ever I've always just like I say it's almost felt at times like I've been like deluded (laughs) because I've just always believed that somehow I would find a way to do what I wanted still um and yeah so what what I was saying uh, before was that you know obviously I didn't necessarily want to do things all on my own but I was like I say you know not especially through dropping out of school and stuff um I didn't have many friends um I didn't have um you know, I'm not from a creative family. Um, so there wasn't really, it was completely random that I wanted to do this. So nobody in my family knew, like, could give me any advice on that. And on top of that, I kept, I mean, my family always knew that, like, obviously I was, like, into everything creative and that. But and they knew that I liked singing and performing and, and, and that and uh, always supported me with that. But I don't think that they really knew the extent to which I wanted to do it as a career. Um, and I kept that quite deliberately secret as well because I think I um, carried a lot of like misplaced kind of guilt for kind of stressing my parents and my family out uh through what I'd been through and, and just like dropping out of school and everything and all I wanted to do was like um ensure that they didn't have to worry about me if that makes sense um yeah. so I wanted to just you know get a reliable income <laughs> um, <laughs> and some sort of future that they where they could like breathe a sigh of relief I didn't the last thing I wanted to do was say like I want to go to college for music or something um I didn't I just didn't feel as though 
that was on if you know what I mean yeah, that but, makes sense. but looking back I look back at it now and I'm like no they probably I feel like they would have they would have definitely supported me but I think I, I just felt like I needed to really work on things and prove that I could do it and that that I was good enough and that I was committed and then come to them and just be like this is what I want to do because obviously one of the things that I'm really really lucky with is that I can still you know live at home um because like with my parents and my my brothers um because not everyone can do that and I'm always always aware of that because you know some of my friends didn't have any choice but to um but to you know uh, have a full-time job and then do their creative stuff on the side um and I did that for a while um so I did um eventually when I was about 19 I got my first job um and I worked until I was about 24 I think so I saved up a lot of um I mean it was only ever like I did two apprenticeships in the end um but it was like I was only ever really on minimum wage um and I yeah I um saved up a lot of that money to go on equipment uh for music um and uh, so that's how I bought um, my iMac, which I, um, that's, I've still got it today. Um, I still make all my music on that. Um, but I'm hoping that after this album, I might be able to get like a laptop or something so I can be a bit more mobile. Um, nice. But yeah, I'd, uh, I'm trying to, I feel like I've gone off on a bit of a tangent now. No, so I'll go back fine. to the bit where I was like, Okay, so I, um, you know, I started, I basically just, when I was about 19, um, that was one of the hardest years of my life, really, like when I was about 19, 20, um, because I'd been through all of the stuff with the Emmy and leaving school and all of that and I don't know if we'll talk a bit more about that later but when you when you leave school early which I did because I just couldn't I literally just couldn't cope with that environment um it's it's like when you're that age that is like your whole identity um so it's really hard to you you just lose so much of yourself coming out of that and you lose so much of your future as well because, like, a lot of people maintain the friendship groups that they've had from school. Um, and also, it, it, you know, it makes things... It makes your path a lot different, um, potentially. Um, or just, you know, just a lot longer. Um, so, um, uh, so I'd obviously been through all of that and was trying to process all of that. But I think I... I'd kind of reached a point where I just wanted to pretend I was normal, really. Um, so I went to, um, you know, I started, I got an apprenticeship um, 
and it was it was a part-time apprenticeship which was actually really hard to get because they don't actually offer many of those which I don't think hopefully they do now um and they're a bit more accommodating uh for like people with chronic illness or disability um but yeah I um got this part-time apprenticeship and I completely threw myself into it and I was like I'm just going to be normal now and I'm going to you know I'm going to move up in my career and just get some money and then like go and live my own or whatever um and uh essentially it was probably too much um all at once and I couldn't cope with it I did finish the apprenticeship but basically in the middle of it I um essentially had a breakdown um uh, I don't know why I'm laughing at that I mean uh, it just <laughs> I don't know I have kind of dark humor about about some of these things um but essentially what it was is that um so I was diagnosed in the end with OCD um and the reason that happened around then is because a lot of those um a lot of like mental illness uh and definitely like conditions like that tend to like um come to the fore in like your late teens early 20s and um, so that happened for me and I'd not realized like obviously now looking back and then after all the therapy I've had and stuff I, I look back and and know that I always probably lived with that probably like from a really young age um but I didn't know even really what it was beyond media portrayals of it, which are really like inaccurate. <laughs> um, and um, so I didn't know that I had that. Um, and that, and so, but when I got that diagnosis, that was the second moment um, for me that like, well, it made so much sense. Like at the time I didn't want to accept it. I didn't, it scared me. Um, it, annoyed me um but yeah basically I, I got that diagnosis I um then understood myself a lot more and it helped me um but that moment was important because because at that time I was like well nothing matters like anymore like I don't care that's when ironically I um thought well if nothing matters then I'm just gonna put my music online <laughs> Um, so that's when I kind of started posting, um, I think first of all, I would post like mashups of stuff, I think, well, just like random. I've always liked to put things that you just don't expect together at nice. all. Um, and especially if it's like bubblegum pop, like guilty, ple- like things that people would say were guilty pleasures with like other things. Um, and I would put that up and then um, um, I'd got an iPad when I was 18 and um, I started and basically um, one of my favourite musicians is Damon Albarn and he uh, and Gorillaz had made an album called The Fall um, and it was um, that was all made on an iPad and I remember just being like oh my god you can make music on an iPad (laughs) I'm gonna make I'm gonna try and make music on an iPad and so um, I downloaded GarageBand on iPad and that was because I before then all my life I'd like been searching for like because obviously again I'd had no formal education in like music production or or anything like that 
and they didn't really there was a like because like how in nottingham for example you've got like confetti um you know you can go and learn like music production and they've got this like amazing facilities and stuff and i feel like Derby is more catered to sort of if you want to go into engineering or like IT or, you know, stuff that's more practical or more. Well, I think music production is quite practical, but like, you know, it's it's just like we've got a lot more of an engineering heritage and stuff and perhaps less of um, less of I always feel guilty when I say like less of a creative one, because obviously there's so many amazing people here and so many cool organisations. But the paths just weren't really there for me personally. And also, as I was saying before, it was a bit of a gamble to like, like to go to college for something that you didn't know would actually get you a job at the end. Like it just yeah. wasn't, it seemed a bit like a, a dream, like rather mm-hmm. than reality. So I was always looking for a way that I could make music happen. And, uh, and I never knew because it's you know if you don't know and you've not got like a teacher telling you it's like it's really hard to like find the information and it takes a lot of years to just accrue it so I'd be trying these different pieces of software and they weren't really doing what I wanted them to do but when I found Garage Band iPad that was like the first thing that I'd found where I could actually make a full song like because before that, I was using a program called Audacity, which was a free program. And I did make like a couple of songs that I haven't got anymore. And I'm really sad that I just deleted them. Like, and the laptop is gone and everything. I can't get them back. But I made them when I was about 18, 17. Um, and uh, it was, you could do it, but it was really like, it just was clunky and it wasn't right. Yeah. Um, so, um, Garage Band iPad like was so intuitive and I was like wow I can make this full song on here and basically I just learned everything to do with this program and I found because my learning the way that I learn I think the best way that I learn is just by um practically like doing things myself through trial and error um and that's another reason why actually and I noticed this when I went back kind of when I was doing my apprenticeships and I had to go back like um, to a classroom environment. Sometimes I realized that I don't I don't I just don't I'm not good at and it, it might be to do with um, my illnesses, uh, really. Um, I'm not that great at like absorbing that information in in, in that um, in the present moment um it's not really great for me but if I have time on my own to teach myself things and um I can read stuff and I can find things out for myself and I can maybe watch videos and just like find my own way of of doing things and I'm better at, at learning and um I um so I just uh you know made songs and the first ones were really crap and then (laughs) and then they would get a little bit better and then I'd put those ones online Um, and somewhere all in the middle of this when I was about 17 I started teaching myself how to play guitar Um, 
and I've never, I'll be honest about that, I've never got on with it. <laughs> I can play it enough to make a song or like to play my songs, but I find it really like physically demanding and really like, it just feels like my hands weren't made for it, <laughs> no matter what I do. And I'm always trying to get a bit better, but like, I'm just, I feel like, yeah, there's gonna like I'm never gonna be like um, Brian May or anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I had that I could do, and I was singing, and um, I, I, back then as well, I'd I'd like I've always liked to sample random things like parts of um, like my surroundings and like nature sounds and. Um, uh, just recordings that I make um, and I was doing that and um, I put things online uh, on SoundCloud that's where I started out nice. um, and I would um, I actually I actually had um, a kind of I kind of used to use SoundCloud as like an audio blog um, and I would have like a my own kind of mini podcast thing <laughs> which was nowhere near as good as yours oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> it was very embarrassing um i would just talk and share other people's music sometimes and and then and then i kind of um people would get in touch with me from like around the world because uh, soundcloud was a really was a really good platform um it was kind of like i feel like with a lot of these social media platforms they have a, a time where a time where they're really growing and there's a lot of opportunity on there and then there's like a peak and then the, all the advertisers come in and then they want to monetize the platform and then it all goes like downhill from there but this was like when you could still you could post a song and it, it could go trending on soundcloud of like ten thousand listeners or something and it was and that, that'd be really good and it'd bring in a lot of people um and um you'd have like quite a vibrant community and um I'd speak to people like I say from around the world and um I did basically I was like you know how some people um say that so like I was watching this is completely off the off the topic it's okay don't I worry was watching, honestly <laughs> yeah, I was watching the documentary on Gaza right the other, yes Gaza <laughs> the other um the other month and they said that, like, in the early years, he used to go to the opening of an uh, the opening of an envelope, um, and um, like my my version of that was, I used to collaborate with anybody who would um, who would message me. No. Um, I mean, that's linked in my head anyway. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it works in my head. So somebody like you know, somebody would be like, "Do you want to collab on this track?" And I just like whatever it was. Even if it was like, I mean, I suppose there would be a, probably a line I'd draw somewhere. But, uh, there wasn't really much of a line, so I'd just be like, "Yeah, sure, send it over. I'll, I'll record some vocals." Um, and that's probably how I got a lot of my practicing. Um, and I'd record with like all kinds of people. There's probably loads of it floating around that just does not sound good. Um, and then, but also people would remix my stuff, and that was really exciting. I still like it when people remix stuff um, because I always find that like a lot of like electronic producers and, and dance people 
they work a lot faster than me and, <laughs> and and I can just like hand them that and then they'll come back next week with this like amazing <laughs> amazing lyrics I'm like how the hell have you done this but I love it and um, so I used to do that and then basically I had this song um so I would half half like in the beginning as well I would do a lot of uh, acoustic songs Okay. And as I say, I was crap on the guitar, so you could tell that. And it, it, some of it is just downright embarrassing, like in terms of how bad the guitar is. But I felt like some of the melodies were good and no. the vocals were all right. And um, I used to post them, and they'd be quite like melancholic. Um, and I, because I, in the beginning, I found it easier to record acoustic stuff because I didn't need to know about like I, it, t- it taught me time to be able to do s- electronic stuff so mm-hmm. in the meantime I was posting these acoustic things um, and uh, during when I was going through the therapy and stuff um, I um, had uh, I started on antidepressants and that was a if anyone's anyone who's ever been on on them you know it's like a rough few months when you're like getting into them and um i decided like i i sometimes think like i'm my own worst enemy here but i decided to make write an album (laughs) um like (laughs) so i kind of class it as like a kind of demo album now and say at the time I was like that's my album um and it was like just made on my guitar um and it was basically just everything like really raw about what I was feeling at that time and put it on Bandcamp um and a few people bought it like not a big amount but I was like I remember I still actually remember the name of the first person who bought that because that was the first person who'd like spent any money on my music and I was like a mate like at this point as well my confidence in myself was absolutely rock bottom like completely rock bottom and um and you know that meant that everything to me and it it was like this place that where I could go and I was still like not really telling like my family knew that I was on SoundCloud making music and stuff but they didn't really known like how much it meant to me I suppose yeah people at work and stuff like that they didn't really know that I did it I think I remember I eventually as I was because when I went on medication and stuff I became more like it was just changed it like I suddenly felt like I could actually be myself um rather than just like crippled by all this um stuff in my head so I felt then like I could open up to more people make more friends really and uh, I, I did actually start sharing my SoundCloud link with a few people and uh, I remember this one woman um, she was really nice and um, she's, but she did say um, yeah I've had a listen to it. they're really good um, are you going to like make a happy one <laughs> anytime soon (laughs) and I was like um (laughs) because obviously I'd write I mean I've always certainly since since you know since some of the stuff that's happened like I've 
use music very like very much as like therapy for me like an, an outlet and expression a way to like make sense of things and process things and uh, and at that time it just happened that everything I was writing about was dark <laughs> really like some of them I don't like to listen to anymore um yeah because I don't feel like I can sort of hear that I wasn't in a in a so I don't like it when I there there are songs that I wrote in the past where I can tell that that's like my illness that wrote the lyric if, if that makes sense. Yeah, that If it like a, a perspective from you know that wasn't healthy. But I mean, I know I know I said to you of course um, before we start recording this, but of course you were like on about your music and the lyrics and like. Mm. Than being sad, and I said to you, of course, like mm-hmm. that's how some people make their careers. They have a lane, and people can relate yeah, to yeah. it. This is it. You're always going to have mm. people you relate to in the world, and I think if everyone brought out happy songs, music determines people's moods, and if they're in a certain like, especially me, if I if I'm feeling or I'm doing this or something, I'll, I'll play a particular artist. So, I mean, having you, I th- I personally think you're more lyrical, like the words are what make your songs, in my yeah. personal opinion. I think it's, you've got to, as I was listening to you walking, just to be like, right, I need to, I need to listen, I need to have some conversation yeah. for you. Um, and I was like, right, I need to concentrate. And I'm not going to lie, me walking down the street, I felt like I wasn't taking this in compared to, say, a week, I think it was maybe a week ago, I sat down and I had literally my phone with my earphones in and yeah. I just listened and I was yeah. like, yeah, it, like, it sinks in. And I think... You're very much that vibe. If you, is I know that you're releasing your album on vinyl and stuff. Mm. That that is where people are gonna have that time where they put it on the record player and listen to it, and that's where I can see it like so clearly, where people take in the words. Is a lot of artists in a lot of artists in the past have kind of had their lyrics, kind of looked over where mm. the lyrics make songs and I think that's what that's your niche I think if it is a niche is <laughs> lyrical I guess lyrical genius and flexibility to yeah. to find the words to express the emotion does that make sense thank you <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> really really kind and yeah. Oh, no, thank you so much for actually listening to the words and stuff because, you know, that's, that is a really important part of what I do and it always has been. And um, because, you know, as well, growing up, the other thing that I would do as well as, like, write songs was I would always, like, be writing. <laughs> I would always be writing a, a novel, basically. <laughs> um, I've always just had probably just an overactive imagination or something but um 
uh, yeah, I'd always have notepads and be like writing stuff. So writing's always been important to me as well. And that's why I also write a newsletter because it's just an outlet that I enjoy. Like I'm always writing. I, I write, writing's one of my personal hobbies that I do for fun that isn't like monetized, I suppose. I'm always writing yeah. stuff like imaginary scripts for like my favorite tv shows and stuff like that <laughs> that's how i like to unwind um, and um <laughs> you know and so i love like actually writing with a pen like in, in notepads and stuff so and I, I write a lot of uh like kind of poetry um and lyrics and stuff nice. um as as i'm going and yeah the lyrics are really important to me and i, I I hope that that I've got better at that over time because, like, going back to those early ones, like, yeah, I suppose, like, I, I feel like, I feel as well, like, as you get older, I think your vocabulary um, um, and the references that you can make and the, and the, the, the art that you've consumed and you, just your skills just get better and hopefully... Um, hopefully this album will be like a culmination of all that that the other stuff that i made because after the um after that kind of project that i made uh when i was about 20 um i then really wanted to quickly after that um i didn't want to become an a known as purely an acoustic artist even sense. though i wouldn't have the skills to be that too fair but um <laughs> Uh, you know, um, I, I I didn't want it, want that to be what people wanted and expected from me. I always wanted it to make it clear early on that I was into a lot of different sounds, and I wanted to I wanted NZ as a project uh, to be like quite flexible and so it was yeah I was just wanted to make sure that the audience knew that from the start. So I really wanted to make a electronic. Uh, projects as well so I made like about three song like EP quite mm. soon after that album probably in the autumn um, and I put that on Bandcamp um, and then I made uh, then I was so all of these years were like building my skills and learning how to produce because I feel like you just have to at some point you just have to dive in and just like and there's so much that you have to teach yourself and so much you have to learn. So after that, I uh, I still wasn't playing live at this point. Okay. That was like, seemed absolutely impossible to play live. I hadn't been on stage for years. Um, I, I was really nervous. Like after the, after the hard time that I had when I was about 20, um, I felt it was so obviously the medication helped me to a certain extent like get over some of my social anxiety but even so even so like it was like the, the combination of all the other things made me really feel just like I couldn't get on on the stage, but I knew that I wanted to. So I told like my therapist <laughs> back in the day, like um, my big aim would be to somehow play a gig. That was like my my big aim. 
What um, was your first gig? And if um, you, sorry, if you don't mind me asking, what was your first gig that you actually what did? What was it? Um, yeah. So, um, I also want to give a shout out here to my friend Simon, who, because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have. I might not have even played a gig now. Like, um, but he found me through SoundCloud. Okay. Um, and he um, really believed in my music and he's a musician as well. He's a really good musician um, and just a lovely guy. And he would ask me to like, did I want to play this gig with him? And I'd be like, I, I literally can't. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, you know, I just, and the thought of, because at that time I, I had no idea how to get like electronic music from a computer into a live setting like that is something that is really hard to actually google and find <laughs> like you have to just work that out for yourself like over time and um so i was like i um i can't play my guitar in public and <laughs> <laughs> um, and um and he, but he plays guitar and um at the the time he'd asked me a couple of times to do gigs and I couldn't, I just wasn't in the right place. And then he asked me to, uh, what happened was David Bowie died. So this was like back in like 2016. Okay. I felt like really sad about that. And, uh, he, he said that they were putting on a, um, tribute gig to oh, David nice. Bowie. And it was in, it was at a place called Fear and Hall in Loughborough who, um, a, really really nice people and they do some really cool things um and they were really kind to let uh as use the hall for a rehearsal space free for a while which was just really generous um and um and simon and uh another woman called autumn Autumn Dawn Leader, who is another amazing musician. Um, we uh, worked on like two covers. I think one was Changes and the other, oh, I'm trying to think what it was. Um, I should know what it was, but yeah, I don't know if it was like Man Who Sold the World or something like that. Um, nice. But I just remember Changes mainly. <laughs> and um, we so also at this time sorry it's, it's okay. like quite everything that i'm saying is a long story but you know i just want to give some context behind it so like also at this time i'd so briefly when i was about 17 or so after a few years out i i, I tried to go back to dancing okay this is something that's a big part of my life and but eventually, with everything that happened, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't, like, maintain that and a job, like, it just wasn't happening. So, instead, um, they started doing singing lessons at my dancing place. Okay. Um, so, I was like, yeah, I'll join, I'll join this, and it became, like, this little choir that we had. Um, and so, they, um, that was another massive thing that helped me, Um because it was just like this joyous thing that I do each weekend. Um, and it helped me with like 
It was just like a chance to actually sing out loud in the presence of other people, which I found really exciting, um, even if it was in this little room of like four of us. And then um, basically I sung uh, my first, so technically my first time back on stage was um, we did like a little, we used to do like a Christmas performance or like a summer performance at the church. And um, I sang Memory from Cats. And mm. I just remember I, uh, I was, uh, it's, it's really hard to think back to because I'm quite actually quite chilled out on stage now, I would say. Um, and that's how I always used to be before I got ill. And, okay. um, but, but that day I was like, because I had a folder with words in it and I basically held it in front of my face <laughs> um, without realising I was holding it in front of my face. And I, I was like shaking, like my whole body was shaking and I couldn't, I was so nervous that I couldn't actually, like I was on autopilot getting through the song, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's the only way I can explain it. Like I couldn't actually, I didn't had no control over my performance or or my vocals or anything. I was just surviving up there. I was just getting <laughs> things done. Um, and But I felt so proud, like after I'd done it, I was like, oh my God, because it felt like this mammoth journey. Like, I don't know, it's like, it wasn't that, yeah, I, I feel like I'm probably being dramatic, but it was like, to me at that point, it felt like this big, like, yes, I've got back to the place where I wanted to be. Um, I've got back to doing the things that I loved that, that were taken away. Um, and yeah, and that, so that was such a big moment. And then when we did the David Bowie thing, again, I was like, my whole body was shaking again and I was like oh this isn't, isn't great you know because like my leg was shaking and I was like oh and I was like wearing I think I was wearing some boots and like I was like oh am I gonna fall over <laughs> and I again I couldn't just I couldn't concentrate and I just sang changes and I've still got a video of that and that oh. was really cool um that was a big moment so that was like my first they, those were my first times back on stage but my first actual MZ performance well I want, did appear as MZ at, at, at the David Bowie thing but my first like singing some of my own songs on the stage was at the book cafe in Derby oh nice uh, yeah shout out to Derby <laughs> that's my first time playing in Derby um, and uh, it was um, yeah we performed uh, I, I don't know if I could do this now but we performed for three hours um, and yeah the three of us um and yeah I just remember someone someone said like I went to the toilet or something and someone was like lovely singing <laughs> I was like, Thank you. um but I remember the 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 bouncer just kept asking us to turn everything down oh wow <laughs> um because it was one of those like I didn't at that time honestly I I was just so grateful to for a start to like 
that again sounds really dramatic but it's honestly how it felt to me I was just really grateful to be here yeah I was really grateful to like be able to sing to be feeling better uh to be like to have the privilege of being able to perform yeah. at that place that to be like hired to do that and I didn't expect anybody to listen to me I didn't care if they you know I didn't like I didn't think it was my right to have people to listen to me or that I was owed that or anything I just I was just happy to be there so you know I mean in in like hindsight obviously those kind of gigs people are kind of like having their dinner and you're like the background mm-hmm. music so it's a bit like probably a, it can be a bit soul destroying but in those kind of ones I've played some of those since and like I just personally get to play that um, because again it was like this thing like I think when you're like things take so things actually take a long time in music like there's a lot this thing like you know when when you see like teenagers getting signed by a major label and like becoming huge it's like that's not the reality for a lot of people because no. it takes so long to actually accrue like the knowledge of like who who does what in the local scene and like who what how things work like I didn't know anything <laughs> at all and like that's why I'm so thankful to Simon because he was there to like answer my stupid questions um, and with no judgment and he would he would he really helped me and just even things like I didn't know like what a PA system was I didn't know what a sound check was I didn't know like any of the terms for like live music I just was completely clueless so playing with him like really helped me to learn some stuff about that and then uh what happened right so you've told us all about your career and how you've got to the point of basically releasing music on Spotify and it getting out on gigs and of course you've got a lot of things coming up with of course festivals what you can touch on as maybe a potential big achievement coming up for yourself and may surpass what you currently have but what do you see as your career high or your biggest achievement so far um I would say the thing that I will never forget really is um, my first play on BBC Introducing in the East Midlands. Um, yeah, I was <laughs> I was eating an apple pie at the time, um, Morrison's apple pie, and um, and when that happened, it was just like it was honestly one of the best moments of my life, really, at that point because it was just like in the middle of a lot of like darkness I suppose and um and it was really nice because you know it's like a a light shining in the darkness and I couldn't believe that I'd made something that was good enough um considered good enough to be on the radio and yeah that was absolutely just amazing um so I'll never forget that oh sorry can can you remember of course was it BBC introducing, like, was it on Radio Derby or Nottingham? Like, what station was it on? Um, so it's actually um, broadcast across, I think it's three stations. So it's, like, 
uh, Derby, Nottingham and Leicester, I think it is. Um, so, yeah, that's really cool. And they've been massive supporters of me. And um, the other uh, the other thing that I'll always remember as well, I think I've, I've mentioned this earlier, but um, the first ever person who bought anything of mine on Bandcamp as well, was it was just that I mean anybody who's got any sort of creative dream you know you think about how amazing it would feel to just have one person like to to have to think that one person would actually like part with their money for, for for something that you've created and they think it's worth that like that is incredible and I will I'll never forget I I still even like I won't say their name but I, I know their name in my head as well like I remember their username and stuff like that and um because I made a point of I'm not actually usually that amazing with things I have but yeah I made a point of uh of remembering that because I remember I was posting about it and yeah I was just that was so cool um and um I and other things when I first when I had my first ever dressing room uh, <laughs> that was when I played um, played the rescue rooms in Nottingham and I supported a band called Old Images and that was like an um, it was an amazing moment for me because uh, when I was younger I was like a massive fan of the TV show Life on Mars and Ashes to Ashes and. Um, they were on the soundtrack for Ashes to Ashes and I would have, like, if I'd have gone back and told my younger self that I was playing, like, supporting somebody who was on that soundtrack, I would have been amazed. And I got to take my first ever, like, crowd selfie there as well. Nice. Um, that was, yeah, amazing. Um, I think the biggest gig I've played in Derby, actually, was I played the Christmas light switch on one, one year. Um, oh, and that was like one of my first times on a big state like outdoor stage like that and that was amazing um, did you do and, the original music for that for the switch yeah, on um, yeah it was back it wasn't when I was doing a, uh, an electronic set though at that point I was still playing live acoustically with my friend Simon so oh, it was nice. still um, like um, my own stuff but it it was um, acoustic and I was so scared as well because I had to play guitar and it was like really really cold and I could barely feel like the string <laughs> so that was that wasn't the best but it that was a really good moment um, and uh, what else um, I was gonna ask when, oh sorry oh, sorry I was I was gonna quickly ask you is of course you're as you're still growing as an artist and of course your career high is potentially going to change kind of how how did why not come about is of course i've heard from other bands that are playing the same stage as you and their their stories are kind of they perform somewhere and someone like kind of came up to them and said oh see ya, why not like how did how did that come around for you and do you see that as a potential, as you mentioned, open airspace performing, can you see that as a potential career high coming up for you? Um, so I've never actually been to Why Not, um, okay. like even a spectator or anything. <laughs> I've not really been to many like 
gigs or festivals that weren't ones that I was playing at, which is like maybe strange, but anyway. Um, but yeah, um, so, but I've always wanted, you know, I've always, it's not that I didn't want to go or anything. I've always looked at it from afar and been like, wow, you know, I want to play at that. And I've wanted to play at Why Not for a, a good few years. And I think it takes a long time to get to know who's involved with what and how how you get on stages and stuff and he yeah and what how all of that works but in the end it always seems all of this stuff all of the big stuff seems to come down to like a really informal way of finding out like um this one was just a facebook message um that yeah it'll just be like you want to play on this stage and you'll be like yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and you'd be surprised the amount of big things that happen via like dm or something (laughs) and like you you think you're gonna get like a letter in the post or something (laughs) like a golden letter um no um but yeah it was um i got asked um by one of the do you know the heron brothers oh yeah they um yeah they run stuff at the vikin don't they um, I'm not sure. Uh, I think they have kind of um, branched out into promoting. I think, um, okay. yeah, I I don't like know them too well, but I but I don't know if somebody um, recommended me or something. But yeah, I uh, got asked and and yeah, I'm going. So I'm going. So why not? <laughs> got to think about my outfit. Yeah, definitely. That'll be. Because that's another, you know, I have these, like, plans and goals and some of them are just dreams. Some of them might happen. Some of them are going to be have to be things that you're patient and work hard towards. Um, and this was just one of those that took a, a while to happen. But, yeah, I, I love playing festivals. I'd love to play some more. And, yeah, you, but in are, terms of... Are you staying for the whole weekend, sorry? Or are you just going, play and go? Yeah, no, I'm not going to be staying for the whole weekend. We do get a pass for the whole weekend, which would be cool in theory. Um, <laughs> but it's just unfortunate. It's really unfortunate with, uh, like, my illness and stuff. I can't really... Like, if I'd been out all day, like, for three days in a row or whatever, and then I'd have to get up and do a gig, like, I wouldn't be able to... It wouldn't it would just be exhausting and I'd probably have, like, a crash after that. Yeah, um, I understand. So it, w- it wouldn't be, like, doable. I'd, to, be, to be at my best, I have to just, like, do the gig when I'm quite fresh and I've rested for a couple of days before it and then um, I can stay on, like, a little bit afterwards and, and see a few things, but I, w- I wouldn't be able to stay, like, the whole day, really, because it takes a lot out of me performing and stuff. Um, but you know, I, like I was saying before, I find ways to make things work, and I'll still enjoy myself and stuff. So that's good. Is um, Simon gonna make a guest appearance on stage with you? <laughs> um, no, he's not actually. We don't um, we don't play together anymore. Um, oh. But I wouldn't rule out. I'd definitely like um, do. We used to. I don't think he's played live for a while, but. Um, we, I think we did something at Fear and Hall the last time that we played because we do really like it there, and I'd, I'd be up for like, um, 
sort of uh, guesting with him on on, on something because we did a couple of songs together as well. Um, And actually, I I played the flute on one of them, um, which was always fun. We did that live a couple of times. Uh, So, yeah. And but he's yeah, he's releasing a lot of his own music and I think he's working on a new album at the moment and doing like a a degree. Um, So he's like really busy. But yeah. Nice. Um, do you think, of course, any of your highs have defined your journey? And, like, I don't know how to best put it, maybe kind of shifted your mindset? Or do you think that kind of you're quite, I think you're quite methodical with your approach and how you've spoken seems very, yeah, I'm doing this, yeah. I want to get to this end goal. These are the pieces I need, and you kind of, You've kind of, even though, like, for example, you do it all by yourself and you're the multitasker extraordinaire, um, (laughs) (laughs) kind of, do you you just see it as kind of, you've got to that point where you're like, right, I need to do this, 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 and that's how I'm going to get to, like, I guess, level up? Or do you think that there's moments that define you and make you think, yeah, this is, this is what's got me here. Um, yeah, well, probably in the in the early days um, when I just started posting on SoundCloud and Bandcamp and stuff. Um, obviously, I was in a different place then, and I was like, uh, wasn't didn't have very much confidence in myself, and I was scared of a lot of things. So, um, the I like I wasn't a hundred percent certain that I would almost like that I would have the confidence or be well enough or it would be possible for me to actually do music as a proper career or business or anything um so it wasn't like then I suppose the goals and aims and stuff were more like abstract in a way um but as I as I got as I sort of understood myself more and I got a bit better and I and I was uh and I'd, I'd spent more years like in a day job and I'd learned more about the industry and, and been out to more gigs. And then I would say that also when I did get played on BBC Introducing and when I did get, when I uh, got playlisted by Spotify, um, those were kind of times when, when which did sort of, validate me in a way give me like the confidence to know that the stuff that I was producing was technically good enough to be in those spaces which was a massive thing for me because you know I think it took me until probably until like lucid dreaming um that's why I consider that to be my first single because I think that that was like the first one that was of a technical standard where I'd I'd learned everything I could about production at that time and it was and I, I knew enough to sort of be um be a part of, of those things be in those, those those spaces so I think those moments definitely made me believe and some of the um like press coverage and stuff made me believe that I could actually be a, 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 like a full-time musician um and like yeah, and just like if nobody had ever, 
if I'd been at it all these years and nobody had ever sent me a message saying they liked what I was doing or nobody had ever booked me for a gig like obviously all those things do contribute to building your confidence and um and nudging you in a certain a certain direction and certain people that I've met along the way you know all the creative people have definitely had influences and impacts on me and you know um then definitely I think definitely meeting Simon as well was was one of the big things as I said previously without him I wouldn't have probably I might not have been on the stage now um and I think things happen for a reason um you know yeah there's lots of things like that really um um, quick, we're going to quickly kind of move on to about the album, but of course mm-hmm. you you mentioned lucid dreaming, um, yeah. and I wanted to ask you a question on it. Okay. So I hope I hope you remember every lyric of it, every word. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, of course when you write, I assume that you're going off past emotions for yourself or like past experiences that you've had so when when was the song like kind of when you were writing the song how old were you in the song does that make sense all right yeah 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 it does um so when i'm so when i'm writing it's like um I'll generally I'll, I'll a lot of the time I'll be writing to like process things or make sense of things or get an emotion out there or it'll be and so it'll either be like about myself or or experiences or emotions or it, it could sometimes be about observations I've made or things that I've learned or specific memories lucid dreaming um is essentially all about when I because like it was such a landmark in like my journey um because it was the first time that a I'd made something that I really like felt comfortable putting properly out there I I showed it to my parents they hadn't really heard don't know if they'd heard many of, of the other songs before that really apart from when I was, like, singing them in my bedroom or whatever. (laughs) And then, um, and the same with, you know, I just, it was just the the moment where I started to just be more open about what I was doing. Um, Because, again, I I wouldn't really mention it to, like, like, even friends on Facebook, for example. I wouldn't mention it to them. Like, I wouldn't, yeah... I just wouldn't mention it. So with that, I I did, and I started just being honest about what I love to do. And and as I said before, you know, when you do um, grow up in like an area where there, there's more of a like an engineering tradition and like less of a creative tradition, and you're not from a creative background, and you've also had like um you know you've you've sort of worried your fa- your family have been worried about you in terms of like 
what's like how are we going to make sure that she's going to be okay um moving forward and that she's going to have like a stable career and whatever uh you don't want to then come out and say it feels a bit like you're saying like oh and i'm going to run away to the circus basically (laughs) (laughs) on top of all that um so it's really you know so i spent a long time i think i mentioned this earlier as well but i um, spent a long time um you know trying to hone my craft if you like um trying to really practice and uh, and that's what those early years were just to try and so that i could present something to my parents and say like this is what I do, this is what I want to do, this is what I'm really serious about and always have been and I've been waiting for this moment to like show you that I am and when I knew that you would you wouldn't be able to turn around and say like you're not committed to it or have it have any doubts about it basically um and to be fair they probably would have supported me anyway but it's just like those that those are the kind of things that you, you you go through if you've been like in my situation and um so lucid dreaming itself is about that that kind of time when i was at work but i was so excited about all the music that i was making and all of the like things that i was doing and the opportunities that i was getting and i just would be <laughs> Sorry, my chair's squeaking. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so I would just be like living these two separate lives, and um, I would be working all day um, in like digital marketing, and then I would come home and I would have to then market myself. If that makes sense, I would have to like I'd come home and I'd have like a little nap, and then I I would come up and work. For as long as I could on music and it was exhausting and it wasn't sustainable <laughs> and um you know when I would so I'm saying in it like um that I'm I'm going through the motions like I'm just um I'm on autopilot in my day job just doing what I need to do but my heart like my mind is like dreaming of of doing what I do now which is just music full time and I'm like oh I just wish I could be there um and and it's just like how and everything that I was doing that's it's you know it's about becoming who who you really are as well and and just admitting to something that's been a part of your life for for since you can remember so I'm, I'm making references like in the first verse, I would say I'm like myself when I wrote it, like my age when I wrote it. And then the second verse, I'm like making reference to um, like being a kid and always like wanting to perform and always knowing that I loved music. And that was if it wasn't a part of my life, like I, I couldn't just get rid of, of that or just pretend it didn't exist and just go into the normal world, if you like. And so yeah, that's 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 what that's about. Mm, nice, I think I've, I mean I think your music just has layers to it. Of course, just everyone has a time where they're like, am I in well the right job or am I doing the right thing or like even I'm in the right relationship. Like people think am I doing the right thing all the time, and I feel like that song sums it up for everyone and everyone can take a different portion from it that's your 
that was your mindset and how you explained where you were with the song when you yeah. made the song. But of course, it adds so many layers. Like, as you said, you, you've kind of written about the time, like present day when you were writing, then going back, on, back in time and stuff. And it's kind of, I don't know, it feels like a story, but you don't know who the main character is, which is interesting because then you can, that can be adapted to any person, can't it? If they can find familiarities with your your words and listen to the words, that then, of course, the, I, I don't know, it feels like a lot of people can find similarity with your writing and put it to their own, own lives. And then that's where you're going to hit and strive further because so many people can relate. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, that's like a really insightful um, way of looking at things. And, um, you know, I, I always want to say as well, like obviously though my music is written to be quite, a lot of it's quite personal to me um, or like really, uh, not quite, like it's, about literally about my life but um you know I I also want know that when it goes out there if you like I like the idea that other people could sort of take it to mean what what they need it to mean in that that moment because I've definitely got songs like that from other people that probably mean like the opposite to what <laughs> I think they are <laughs> or what it means to me and like but that still it means still means something to you so like it you know, I'm I'm fine with that, and I I like to hear other people's interpretations because I think it's just really interesting to see how other people interpret the art that you create. I guess. Nice. So of course, we just kind of spoke about your first as you classic release. So, is the new album the same tone and the same vibe as your? earliest stuff on Spotify or is it a complete change or genre change? Um, so, again, I'm not sure if I mentioned this yeah, earlier no, already. But, uh, so, um, yeah, I, I start, when I started um, first putting stuff online, um, I didn't, like, I always knew that I wanted to, I basically always had the kind of lucid dreaming sort of, stuff in my mind and all the stuff that I've made for this album I didn't really know how to actually do it so what I did know how to do a little bit not very much was play guitar so I did a lot of acoustic stuff really melancholic stuff in the early days and and that was really raw and I was just I would just finish something and and just put it out there and in, in many ways like I miss I miss that time because it was like I didn't care what people thought really uh, I had nothing to lose I felt like I yeah I just used SoundCloud and and stuff and Bandcamp is like audio diaries kind of thing and like um I would just not care if it was polished or anything because at that time I suppose I didn't have I was too scared to like do a full release or like send it off to anybody and have it like featured on a website or something that was like scary to me so 
it, to me, it was like just my little place where I could put like works in progress and, and, and raw stuff and probably stuff that I thought was really good at the time. And then when I realised, I sort of learned more about things and then was like, no, it's got to be, it's got to be um, more polished than that. So, yeah, and then, um, as I say, Lucid Dreaming was the first thing that I released that it was supposed to be, like, because I'd made an acoustic um, album, I did a, an EP, and then I did a electronic album that I released on a cassette, um, on Simon's cassette label, uh, and um, it was kind of evolving, but again, still wasn't probably where I'd want it to be. Um, and then when I released Lucid Dreaming, I was like, yeah, this is like, this is good enough. So then I decided that the, the next album that I was working on, that would be like my first proper official release where I would, um, you know, actually put it on a physical format. Like, obviously it wasn't on cassette, but it was only like, it wasn't many cassettes, like, it's very small release and I knew that I wanted to like properly market it and send all these press releases off and I was actually performing live like I wasn't even performing live when I released those other things and um and there was a big gap in between them so it I was like no I'm gonna call this my debut album which I felt weird about because I didn't want it to seem like I was lying yeah. <laughs> or deceiving anyone or anything like that because you know but I think it's it's actually really common um I, I know other artists who deleted some of their stuff um, and or just made it like unofficial kind of thing or, um, uh, you know, change things around. Or, so a lot of people like change names to do that, but okay. I, I couldn't come up with another name. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, so I was, I was like, yeah, I'll call this my debut album. <laughs> um, so it, 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 it's kind of like, I think it's just a it's I could have only made this album at this time in my life like and I needed to make it I started making it probably around the similar time to when I was uh, I, I stopped sort of seeing the psychologist um which was quite a big moment in my life because um I basically didn't know what it was really like to be an adult without that like um so it felt like I'd reached this point where I knew myself a lot better and I knew what I liked and, I, and I'd had all these years to practice and hone my skills and I was like right now I'm ready to actually devote my time to this project um so it does sound anybody who's been listening to me for a while you'd you'd still hear the same artists like it's not completely it's basically the same genre but it's just a lot more fleshed out and a lot more professional nice. um so yeah um what's the name of the album if you mentioned that are you allowed okay. to mention that <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um so the album is called all those things i thought i knew and i'm going to be releasing it on my own label which i've just created as well that's the same like year isn't it yeah, 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 Zirconia Records, um, and that's basically just, at the minute, it's a vanity label that I'm, I'll be releasing my own stuff on. Um, maybe in the future I'd consider, like, expanding it to something, but it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be, that's going to be quite a slow process, but um, 
yeah, I was, I'm really proud to be like self-releasing and, um, and yeah, the, so I came, it took me a long time to come up with the name of the album. Like I hadn't got the title until, definitely until I'd finished making all the songs really. Like that was one of the last things that I did because I didn't know what to call it. Um, because obviously it's been written and recorded over like six years and it was like, what's the title that reflects that? And so that what I chose in the end, it's supposed to mean like, it can mean like several different things. Like for me, it, it means, um, you know, um, I went through my life up until a certain point thinking that I was sure and certain of like who I was going to be and where I was going to go. And, and I had these visions of, the future and stuff and I thought I knew that it was going to happen so it's like all those all those things that I thought I knew and and that changing and coming to terms with that but also um it, it's kind of something that I think that moving forwards as I get older I'll also look back on that album and be like oh all those things I thought I knew so it's a bit of a reference to like my 20s and also reference to you know before that and uh so I thought in the end, after everything that I whittled it down to and, you know, because I had a big spreadsheet and I'd like written all these like themes of the songs and the lyrics and everything. And, and it was thing, things like the future, uh, questioning, um, self-doubt, change, uncertainty, modern the modern world, like, uh, you know, learning to accept yourself things like that and I felt that that was the title in the end that encapsulated a lot of that um and and it can as, as I can as I say it can be like it can mean a lot of different things depending on what you want to take from it um but yeah it's got 12 tracks on it I'm so happy with it it's coming out on um it'll be available to download and stream but also it's available um on vinyl um which I'm it's been like that has been the biggest learning curve and the, the, the most ridiculous investment I've ever made. And I, yeah, it's it's a wild ride. Um, those vinyls are supposed to be coming through my door in July. Um, and I'm a bit nervous about where I'm going to store them all. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to have to roll with that. And, um, yeah, that, it's going to be really cool. Um, I'm just... Like, this is just the craziest adventure, you know, because those other times I could just drop things on Bandcamp and I wasn't really worried, like, about what they'd do um, <laughs> or anything like that. And this is just on a whole different scale because I've had to, like, plan it months and months in advance, like, doing all my own PR, doing all my own artwork the music itself all the social media or everything like that is just on another level and um it's been very tiring but I'm also really looking forward to it and I just really hope that people that somebody out there will listen to it and be like yeah this this is like I can relate to so much of this like obviously I, I wish people didn't to some of it but <laughs> um you know I, I I think I feel like um, if I had to explain the album, it's like almost I feel like our twenties are like the most romanticized decade in pop culture and the media, and it's usually a lot of songs about like um, 
um, partying, excessive partying, like, um, um, I don't know, toxic love affairs, stuff <laughs> like that, um, all, all of that kind of thing, which it absolutely has its place and stuff like that. But I feel like there's also, um, for every person who is doing that, there's also a lot of people like me who felt very much like an outsider, um, quite isolated, couldn't physically or mentally do a lot of the things that were depicted on TV and in films and in music videos and all the things that we, you know, compared ourselves to others for and, you know, you can feel quite lonely in that and some people who feel like they just see the world and experience the world differently, people who don't feel like they really belong even though they really want to, um, just all, all sorts of things like that, which I feel like just need to be talked about more in a in a in a catchy pop song um and i've tried my best to to just to do that and put everything into it um it's also got um during the making of process i made um regular like video diaries and audio diaries that hopefully one day i might turn into like a little short film and all of those like little clips of those um where I say things that I might have picked out to be like oh that was quite relevant or that was quite um you know um insightful or whatever you know that was that was a moment where I realized something um those little clips of like used throughout as like subtle narration of the of the songs and I just really hope that like I am genuinely, I listen back to it. And I'm like, I'm proud of that. That is six years of of work of writing so many different songs, a lot of them scrapped, but then a, a lot of them refined. Hours and hours and hours, like in this room that I'm in right now, in this chair I'm sat in right now, just like honing these songs. And I'm yeah, I just hope that people feel the 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 heart that I've put into it and that it makes people think or feel something. Um, and if they just find it a bit catchy, a bit interesting, then that's all right as well. Are you, are you going to upload the video things potentially to your YouTube channel? And make, And my second question was going to be, is there any music videos in the pipeline that you're going to put on as well so people might have a visual as well as audio of your music um so i'm on youtube um i've got for this album um there's a uh i've never done any like massively like hd videos i've never done anything like 4k or anything like that um i kind of tend to Either, I mean, I just don't have a camera like that. So a lot of the time I have like more like lo-fi style. Um, but there's uh, videos for Lucid Dreaming, Another Lesson Learned, uh, As This Day Fades to Another, and uh, I guess anyway. Um, I'd like to do maybe one more video uh, for the album. I'd like, there's like, I have a bit of a, I'm not going to share what 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 it is just in case it, it doesn't come off, but I'm, I might do something. It, 
after the release, like when I've got a bit more time and I'm a bit less stressed and put <laughs> that on. But yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Nice, nice. And I'm thinking about the people who who aren't as, as well as I am, like you've got the same thing and some friends that I have who, who definitely like, you can't really go out, just other people like me basically and also people worse off than me who who just, um, who feel kind of like they just need someone to be saying some of the things that they're thinking that aren't, that they don't really hear that, that, that much. So, I mean, I'm not, hopefully that doesn't sound really big headed because no, I'm not no, like, not in that I'm like huge or anything or like, or that, that I'm reinventing the wheel or anything, <laughs> but, um, you know, um, I just, uh, yeah, hopefully, um, and I, one thing that I did want to say is that obviously, yeah, the, the music that I've made is really personal to me and stuff and it's all about my, well, a lot of it's about like my life and, and stuff, but as well as that, like, I hope that that doesn't, uh, you know, I still want, like, when you were relating that music to yourself, like, that's what I want as well. Like, I don't, it doesn't have to be, you know, I want people to make whatever they want of the songs as well, because mm -hmm. that that's important. And I think when you get, when your work is out there, it's like not really your, it is your own, but it's like up to people to make what they want to make of it. And if, if you um, or anybody um, found something to relate to in the song that it wasn't actually about, like, <laughs> that's fine. I'm fine with that. And uh, I think that's really cool. And that's the nice thing about music. And I've always been like a, you know, I've always wanted to go and dissect people's lyrics and be really excited about trying to figure out what they're saying. And, like, sometimes I've wondered, like, should I even say what it's about? Like, keep a bit of a mystique. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just... But I do share quite a lot of what what it means, um, and I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. Um, so, well, I don't know if you've touched on it already, but is there anything you think you'd do differently if you did it all again, or if you don't think so, is there one piece of of advice you'd give to? your younger self or anyone that could be in a similar situation to you? Okay. Um, things that I do differently. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I don't really like to, I suppose I don't really like to have regrets and stuff. I, I used to think like, I don't want to have regrets because it means that I would want to actually live all of that through again. And I don't want to. No. Um, so I would say everything kind of happens for a reason and it's where it becomes like part of the reason why you are where you are today. So, but differently, I would say it would have been nice if I definitely look back a lot and wish that I could say to my younger self that like who you are is okay. Like, and that just keep going and just, I think I would just give myself a hug and tell myself to, that, you know, because I, I didn't, I didn't like myself very much, I don't think, when I was younger. And, um, yeah, I would say, like, you're worth 
it like you're you 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 know everything's okay um and keep like keep believing in yourself but I always believed in myself even if it, it was like hidden um and just like yeah you're you're worthy of like love and uh friendship and you know it's like none of like this isn't your fault and I would you know it takes a long time and it was only recently I was involved in um a initiative um with a charity called Attitude is Everything um it was called the Future Leaders Programme where um basically like I don't know how many of us there were like 12 um disabled or chronically ill musicians or people working in the in the music industry and we're all on a program where we um, basically had mentorship and we learned things and went on a couple of trips and that um, and got some training Um, and it was through that really that I realized uh, what that I carried a lot of like shame and guilt for my own like illnesses basically um because life is not always easy uh with you know there's a lot of like you just feel you know it it, because obviously they I think because of what your family go through and how upset they are and how scared they are and like how um much concern they have to have for you and you you kind of feel like you're a burden or you and especially with me because of the um some of the um uh what's what's the word like the um uh stigma like attached to both mental and any and like because it's similar to like long covid i suppose um and you know there's a lot of some doctors and stuff like still to this day are like oh it's all the psychological thing like you know there's a lot of stigma attached to it basically so you you start to get these ideas that you don't like maybe you're not ill after all even though it's like it's just messes with your head and then you know you go into the workplace and there's certain situations where Maybe you needed some, um, there was like an access requirement that you had and you were like, everyone with a chronic illness or a disability goes through experiences where people aren't um, accommodating or they don't understand and or they, they, they kind of make you feel as though it's your fault or that you're not good enough or you're inadequate. And so it's, you just build up these things over time where you feel a lot of guilt and shame and you absorb, you you know, you take that on yourself. Um, And I would tell myself, don't feel that it's okay, it's not your fault. Um, Now I'm starting to like shed that a little bit and become more comfortable and proud. And being on stage definitely helped with that. And I feel really empowered when I'm up there. And I can say like, I even talk about some of this stuff on stage sometimes and I would hide all of it away um but i would just say like and yeah so i would say i would say that to myself perfect to other people i would say (laughs) um 
don't give up just don't give up um have the um always have no matter what background you're from or what limitations you have or what um challenges you you face or um who's told you that you can't do something or who's told you that you're not good enough or whatever that has happened or never lose the um never lose the why not me though kind of mentality Mm. um never look at something and think that's not for me like it can be like if you there's always a way and and the way might not be easy it might be like it might be it might be ridiculously tough and you it might be you might have to make a lot of sacrifices and a lot of like and come up with new things and like make your own things um but there's always going to be a way if you dedicate your time to it. it might take a long time but if you have a dream there's always going to be a way of making it happen even if you have to adapt it you know whatever you have to do and i'm not like 100 percent where i want to be yet you know i'd love to be um making a comfortable living out of music um you know i'd love to be perhaps be able to be more independent through that um but i've made a lot of progress um and and I'm really proud of where I've where I've come to and you know just there's yeah you can do it um (laughs) and you will do it don't give up and don't listen to people who tell you that you're crap or um who dismiss you or who uh try and give you advice that that is um not the best uh just like just believe in your own um vision basically you can do it no hopefully brilliant enough (laughs) no no that beautiful word thank you uh, for the advice i guess um (laughs) i'm gonna do really quick fire questions with you just to round up. Um, okay. So. Sorry if I've gone on for so long. No, so no, sorry. no, no, don't be, don't be. It's good. It's, it's got the whole kind of story out and everything. So, no, it's perfect. Okay. Um, but just first thing that comes to your head. Um, so, go to karaoke song. If you went and performed a song, or it can even be, <laughs> it, can, it can even be, say, for example, some people would use a cover they perform on stage if you want to go by that way uh, as well. No, luckily, I actually did karaoke like last month. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I did um, Smack That by Akon. <laughs> <laughs> by Akon featuring Eminem. No. Nice. Um, and it was surprisingly tiring. Yeah, that's I bet. Did, did you do Eminem and Akon's words, lyrics? I was actually with my, it was actually with Simon, who I mentioned earlier. Oh. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we both did it together because I knew it more than him. Um, and basically, we have a joke that, um, that, that, 
that Eminem's rap in that sounds like he was basically forced into it and was really bored during it. If you oh. go and listen to that, right. it's, it, I, and I, I sort of make the whole story in my head about it when I listen to it, where it's like he's been banging on about this this song he's got called Smack That for like years, and Eminem's like, oh, I just, I just, oh, do I have to? And he's like, yeah, come on, please, I did this for you. someone that's never been to Derby and you can only show them one thing, what would you show them? Um, I would take them to, um, do you know the place called Harry Harry on, um, it's like a little street food um, place, um, like opposite the cathedral, yeah? Yeah. I would take them for some food there probably because that's just delicious um, and or, or if not just take them to the Inti Centre you know you can't go wrong um, you literally can't go wrong though true, um, true. it's got everything um, in nowadays what do you say it's got everything in nowadays hasn't it that I centre? mean it has it truly has it's got a really good, like, I'm not even joking, like, I've been to all the shopping centres and, the, like, the, the layout of the into is, is really good, you know? Um, it could do maybe a few more seats, but <laughs> <laughs> I would take them there, yeah. Wicked. Um, what is your dream venue to perform at? Uh, well, t- to me, like, the, you know how, like, I used to play on a game called DJ Hero, right? When I was yeah, I know it. I and, used to have it. Yeah. You know how there's like um there's different like venues and there's it's almost like you're you're levelling up to like the boss level or whatever. Yeah. I consider that to be like the pyramid stage at Glastonbury. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's like my boss level, but I'm obviously I'm aware that's not, not gonna happen. <laughs> right. But um 
I I love playing at like festivals and stuff. So I, do, I love places like that. I'd love to. I'd love to play like in a theatre. To be fair, okay. Because I I'd love to put on like a theatrical type of performance with my music, tell a story with it. That's um, doable, though, isn't it? Yeah. What did you say? Sorry. I said that's that's quite doable. The theatre thing with the amount of like maybe is theatres you can range from what. 100 seats to, of course, your bigger capacity mm. ones. So, I mean, it's doable. It's all yeah. part of your levelling up scheme, isn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <level. laughs> um, yeah, yeah, places like that I love. Um, yeah, just, I've played, like, um, I'd love to play uh, maybe the main stage at Roxy in Nottingham. Mm, nice. I've played yeah. the, the basement bit, the little bit. Um, but I'd like to play the main stage there. Um, I want to play, um, what's the new one that's coming to Derby? Beckettwell Arena. Oh, yeah. I want to play that. <laughs> <laughs> Get in there. Um, yes. I want to play, like, the roof of the assembly rooms. <laughs> like, let's just do it all. I'm sure the roof of the assembly rooms isn't even safe. I think that's the reason they've not no, reopened it. But... A hazard. But... Go with it, isn't the it? Hippodrome and, like, play in there. <laughs> the acoustics are meant to be bad, though. That's your only issue with the yeah. Hippodrome. Yeah, uh, true. Well, make the acoustics good and then, like, play there. There you go. <laughs> um, and then this kind of rolls on from the venue. Okay. So, so who, who would you want to collaborate with? So, say, for example, you're at this dream venue and... You yeah. say, oh, now I'm bringing out such and such. Who's that person that you want to bring out and collaborate um, with? Britney Spears. Britney. I'd bring her out and I would just hand over the gig to her. I'd <laughs> get in the audience and that would be that. But fair <laughs> play. Have, I'd just watch her and, you know, we'd all have a great time. <laughs> and there you go. No, that's easy. And it makes your, it makes your job a bit easier, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um just to like round up, um where can people find you and of course you've said uh your handles but like just repeat it. Oh, yeah. Your website as well, the newsletter, everything. Go oh, go yeah. mad okay. for it now. This is your time to oh, shine okay, with it. Okay everyone, get your snaps out again. <laughs> me to pray um so i'm at mz music e-m-z-a-e is how you spell it mz music on instagram twitter facebook tiktok Ugh. yeah let's talk about that better and then um <laughs> and then um my official website is mzmusic.com uh, I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple Music, I'm on uh, Amazon, I'm on Tidal, I'm on YouTube, SoundCloud, everything. Nice. Bandcamp, mz.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can order my album either, either digitally or uh, with, uh, or by vinyl. I've got like 250 copies. I would like to get rid of them. Uh, <laughs> so uh, they, yeah get that on Bandcamp or my official store um and uh I uh what else um 
I'm playing a the, my next gig as of when we're recording is at Why Not Festival um, on the Sunday at twelve at the Hog and Barrel stage, and then um, I am then preparing for my big gig, my album launch party, which is on the first of September at Rough Trade in Nottingham. And that's one of my favourite ever venues. And um, I'm going to perform my album in full. I'm then hoping to come, because I, I want to do something in Derby, um, because obviously so much of the album, I mean, there's even references to Derby in, in that album. Uh, so I really want to come here and do something. So I'm tr- I'm in the early stages of putting together like a, like a listening party for the album at Dubrek. Nice. Um, but I haven't like confirmed that, like the date of that yet. And then hopefully I'll be doing, um, I'm doing an in-store performance at HMV in Derby, which is like a dream. That's like a dream come true for me. I've not, That's I've nice. never seen them do a, a like live performance in HMV in Derby. And oh yeah, they what? they actually do it. Um, yeah, they do it quite often. They're, they're oh. really really good with like local artists. Um, in all the HMVs, it's re- it's really they're really accommodating. Um, but yeah, the one thing about that, I'm actually quite nervous about that because like you can't actually have drums in that performance because oh. apparently the Indie Centre will be like, no, switch wow. her off. So yeah, um, so I've got to figure out a way to like do that, but. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm performing there. Uh, hopefully, it'd be cool to go out on like a mini tour next year, probably. Um, nice. And um, just yeah, I'm gonna just be like doing loads of promo <laughs> as much as I can muster. So um, yeah, and ev- every follow, like, listen, everything counts, and um like incredibly grateful for every single person and also for doing this podcast and like yeah thank you for really taking the time to listen and and no, of course you know not to the music but you know um <laughs> to my story and you know for um for making such like insightful comments on things and you know i really appreciate that yeah, uh, anytime you're taking the time to do that thank you no, thank you I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Peaking to Success podcast. If you enjoyed, please make sure you follow us on Spotify as well as Instagram where you can see all the updates of who is coming up as well as who has already been on the podcast as well as Twitter where there is information and interaction from me on there as well. Thank you.